talk much more on uh, on this question of what we saw last night at Lambeau Field. We did see a win. Uh, it didn't come without some certainly some controversy and some just egregious play uh, by the Packers. All right, we got a couple polls right now up and running. Uh, the main reason uh, the Packers beat the Lions was it Crosby's field goal fest? Was it the Rogers Lazard fourth quarter connections? Uh, was it the Packer defense again bailing them out time after time? Or you want to give it to the refs? I mean, look, the Packers still would have kicked that field goal with or without the hands to the face, but they, the Lions would have had a minute and change left to try and get in position for the winning field goal. So, I mean, there there is that part of it. Uh, they still would have had to score. Uh, and then we asked the question as well, uh, because some people, like if you had the Packers at minus three or four, wanted Jamal Williams to score the touchdown. <laughs> Uh, some people thought it was probably prudent to run clock off and take the field goal, although there's no guarantee that a field goal is going to go through. Would you have scored the touchdown or kicked the field goal? Uh, that poll is up as well. 608-321-1670. Conrad, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Good morning, boys. That was uh, quite the game last night. but uh, Incredible. You know what? Our defense... After, you know, Stafford came out flying. I mean, my, my pops and I are looking at each other thinking, oh, man, this is going to be a long game. But then all of a sudden, there it was field goal fest from the Lions. And they had so many opportunities to bury our team in the tundra, and they just couldn't do it. Three, I You know, I put a call in the Bill Michaels show yesterday. I thought, I hey, you. You, you keep the Lions under 19 points and you win the turnover battle. We didn't do either of those two things, and we won. And it didn't necessarily have anything to do with the rest. There was three calls there that were very much, uh, I would say, impactful, but that didn't have anything to do with the Lions not scoring in the red zone. Right. Our defense actually it outweighs it. There's more evidence that the Packers' defense helped us win the game. Now, I really, oh, man, I was starting to get so frustrated with Geronimo early on. He came kind of back and, you know, redeemed, redeemed himself a little bit. And then, uh, man, that, the other the other young the young chap from the preseason that ended up replacing uh, uh, what the heck's his name, guys? Is there it Shepard? Uh, Lazard? Yeah, Shepard? 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 You know, Lazard comes in and basically helps helps Shepard like not get freaking you know strung up by the fans because man, you just can't do that stuff. You can't you can't. Uh, it, it looked like he didn't know how to field a punt. And it's like, come on, or you know, catch, you got to catch a ball or catch a ball, you know. And then, then Lazard, he has something pop off his face mask. And I mean, there were so many opportunities the Lions had to win this game. And then when you, when you leave it up to that, then all of a sudden, then you get some calls from the refs and all that. And you know what? There's a lot of talk right now in the, on the nationwide shows. And you know what? I don't want to listen to it. I'm tuning into the Joan Ebo show because we're about yeah. Green Bay Packer wins, that's and right, that's baby. all that matters. I'm going to try to get some sleep. I haven't slept since the game was over, <laughs> so you guys have a good one. Later. See you, Conrad. Thank you, uh, Conrad. Yeah, I, listen. The Lions had so many opportunities to win that game, and here's what happened: they didn't. They right. couldn't. They couldn't do anything in the red zone. They couldn't score. Give a credit to the Packers defense for that. I. I put the refs at last on this. 
Uh, give me Aaron Rodgers for finally linking up with Lazard. Rodgers, Rodgers called on Lazard. He came, this is a guy that came with one catch for seven yards in his career, didn't get a catch in the first quarter, didn't get a catch in the second quarter, didn't catch, get a catch in the third quarter. Aaron Rodgers called his number and found him. Four out of five of his passes were to Lazard, or to Lazard that he caught, and that touchdown, that 35-yard just laser from Rodgers was absolutely incredible. The fact that Lazard was able to pull that down after all of the nonsense of those of Shepard and Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez-Scantling with bricks for hands... <laughs> You got to give credit to that. You got to give credit to Mason Crosby for for righting the wrongs that that game where he missed five field goals last year against the Lions. Yep. And the Packers defense was stout. The refs, you're always going to have bad calls. You have bad calls every single game. They are last on my list for the reason why the Packers won. And I will go Aaron Rodgers and Lazard, the Packers defense, and then Mason Crosby doing his job. Yeah, I, I mean, well said. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. You know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of the Bear game in week one last year where the Bears were up 17 nothing at the half, and it really should have been 37 nothing, right? And the Packers just found a way to win it late, and they shouldn't have won that game. And it's the same thing last night. Like, you can go on national TV, on ESPN, and cry and say the refs are this and that. The bottom line is the Packers turned the ball over three times. You turned it over in zero and you you went into the locker room at the halftime with a three point lead. It was thirteen yeah. ten at the half. It should have been thirty to ten at the half. And there wasn't any bad calls in the first half that people were complaining about. Ever, I mean, I, I love how the media works. Look, I get it. I've been in it. I was that guy. I was press conference guy. I was anchor guy. I mean, you you need a headline. And the headline's going to be the refs cost the Lions the game. It's not the case. No, no, no. The, the Packers had three turnovers. And the Lions got th- three field goals off them. If they had scored a touchdown or two on some of those, this game is over. It doesn't matter about a hands to the face because the Packers are down 17 points yeah. when that call's made. So don't push your narrative about that the refs gave the game to the Packers. There was multiple chances in the first half for Detroit to, put, to put Green Bay away. And they go into the locker room 13-10. And then the Packers come out, and the Packers have another chance, and then they have another drop and have to settle for a field goal. So the Lions had so many chances to put Green Bay down. If you want to make it about a bad call late in the game where the Packers were going to kick the field goal anyway, yes, Detroit would have had the ball back with a minute left. But there were so many chances before that where Detroit could have ended the game. And the other thing is how how quickly they forget the the Lions' touchdown. What do they do? One referee signaled a touchdown. Exactly. The other referee signaled Packers ball, and the other referee signaled a first down for the Packers. Right. There was no even clear evidence that he crossed the goal line. And you had referees. Three of them had different hand gesture, hand signals going on of what the actual call was. And they expected those guys, that type of crew, to get it right at the end? Yeah. <laughs> like The Lions did not capitalize on their opportunities to win the game. Plain and simple. Completely agree. 608 321 Chad, welcome to the Joe and Evo Show. Good morning, guys. What's Howdy. up, my man? Big W. Hell, I'm grinning ear to <laughs> I ear. I, exactly. I don't care what the scoreboard says. <laughs> w. Um, anyways, are we not so sure that that's not holding, defensive holding on Trey Flowers? I mean, not Gary with the acting job, but if an offensive lineman is to do that, that's holding. The fact that he's got him by the inside of the, the shoulder pad yeah. and he's directing him like that, I, 
like I just I, I find it a terrible argument. I don't think that that should be a legal play either way. Well, they did. Um, they had the ref uh, pool afterwards, and he did speak to the um, to the reporters about it. And he said, with all of the the hand up in his his face mask and everything up by his neck was illegal. I, I agree with him a hundred percent. Yeah, like that's you're going to get that call. I think, uh, especially when you're backyard, you're the best left tackle in the league. They know that. I mean, these guys are human. They know this kind of stuff. So. So, I, I, I what's just, that? So, Chad, what do you think? Like, what's the reason why the Packers won that game? Perseverance. Come on, they bend what didn't break. It was the it was what Dom Capers was supposed to be, <laughs> but they did not. Exactly. I don't blame the refs at all for this. No, the, the Detroit had a chance to put the killer uh, move on them. You know, killer instinct. And they didn't have it. Exactly. And also, I agree with you guys. That was not a touchdown. No. Right. Thank you, Chad. Chad. And that's what's so funny because, look, it's all timing, right? Because when the bad call against Green Bay in the touchdown, that happened, Ebo, in the first half. You could say, well, there was still plenty of time in the game. Had that call been made in the fourth quarter, then the narrative today is, oh, did Green Bay get screwed? You know, everyone this morning on the national stage is weighing in on the hands to the face because it was late in the game. I think it's hilarious, and you said it, that not anybody anywhere is saying, well, wait a minute. Okay, we're going to focus on that play. Maybe it was hands of the face. Maybe it wasn't. How about a touchdown call where one ref said touchdown and one said first down the, the other team? Yeah, what's the Packers? Are we, and we're just conveniently forgetting about that now? Yep, exactly. So the angle that we're watching on the television was the same angle where the referee gave it a touchdown? And I thought it was pretty clear cut. There was zero evidence he ever got in. The, the one that drives me nuts is the angle they showed from the back. Like you're looking like it's like a bird's eye view of the looking down on the lions, like moving forward. And it's at an angle. So everything looks angled. The a little sky bit. cam. Yeah. That thing. If you look at the one from the side view, never crossed the plane. And no. he was definitely stood up. And when he did fall back across the plane, his momentum had been stopped for seconds. Yep. Yeah, it, I mean, look, it, it was... It, Lions couldn't capitalize. The Lions, exactly. It, look, how how many chances. First drive, field goal. Second drive, field goal. They had first and goal both times. Aaron Jones fumble. That turns into a field goal. But, a interception off the face of a Packer player. Field goal. You're not going to beat Aaron Rodgers with field goals. field goals the Lions had... And there's no excuse. There was no bad calls where they had first and goal four times and had field goals. So stop crying about the officiating. Go, Pack, go! Yeah, I like that. Last night, at the end of the day, the Packers are 5-1. and one. So, um, you know, the, the other storyline, there's two big stories. To me, the two storylines are the officiating, obviously, because it, it did play a part. And the Packers wide receivers because they should have cost the Packers the game. It, it to me, Ebo is a miracle uh, that Green Bay won that game with that ineptitude at that position. So now the question becomes: What do you do if you're Brian Gutekunst? You know, do you say they found something in Alan Lazard and Mercedes Lewis? Like it's time to just say <laughs> Jimmy Graham <laughs> is done. I mean, it's done. It was a mistake. Um, you know, that's twice where I like I got excited about Martellus Bennett when Ted Thompson signed him as that was his last big free agency. We were lied to on that one, weren't Martellus we? Bennett was a disaster. I was out of my mind excited for Jimmy Graham and the possibilities of Jimmy Graham and Aaron Rodgers, and I thought they would rewrite 
history books, like when Randy Moss went late in his career to play with Brady, and it's been a disaster. So do you say, look, the good from last night, Lazard, four for 65 and a touchdown, Mercedes Lewis, four for 50, and some of the biggest catches of the game were by those two guys. Do you say they found something, you know, or do you say, dude, we're talking about Alan Lazard and Mercedes Lewis, whether it's A.J. Green, you know, I know Emmanuel Sanders has been thrown around, you know, go to any team that's out of it that has a 30-ish wide receiver that's about to become a free agent and say, well, the Packers need to be calling them today and saying first, second, third, whatever. They need to be offering up a draft pick right now. I have a question. Yep. Did did the Wizard call in, Nelson, and you guys talked for 15 minutes in there and he never even came on air? He did not want to come on. Jesus. What? In the- Cackling hens. Dave and you. Come on. That is so sad. All Unbelievable. Right. I was you explaining to him. You guys were doing a show him. and he calls in and I want to hear the wind. Oh, my God. It's more God. time for us. That's Trying fine. to explain to him yeah. what happened. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> we're part of the conversation. <laughs> and neither should. All right. Don't Anyways. get frustrated, Evo. It's okay. I'm with you. What was the question? I got so mad about it. Do you? Do you did they find something? Oh, okay. Yeah, that was. A, do you wait it out with Adams? Because you know, once he gets back, you've got a superstar, and you say we've found something. Well, with can Lewis you find and something? And Mercedes Lewis was 35 years old. Right. Who's that's, a slow blocking tight end? He just exactly. he had a couple big catches. Right. And that's what you're going to get from him. A guy that in 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 moments can step up to the occasion. I think that's what is in Mercedes Lewis. Well, albeit maybe a big block he throws. Or a couple crucial catches like he had last night. So you know what you have from Mercedes Lewis as a 35-year-old tight end. I'm even surprised he's still on the roster after what he said during the offseason about you know the culture in the locker room and whatnot. Usually when guys say stuff like that, they get ousted out of a team. But, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a savvy vet that steps up once in a while in moments. Alan Lazard, that's the question. Did you find something in him? Here's the guy, what do you have, one catch for seven yards his whole career leading up to last night with mm-hmm. the Packers? Aaron Rodgers obviously liked what he saw because he called on him. He called for his number. He wanted him out on the field in the fourth quarter. Four for five. That one touchdown, that 35-yarder, I think I saw the probability of that was an 18% chance of a touchdown in that play. Rodgers, I'm going to get the stats for that, dude. It was pretty crazy. But um, I don't think – if wouldn't you have found something in Lazard by now? If he's yeah. been there for two years yeah. or a year and a half? That's the comeback. And so then the question is, okay, so it's not internal, so – should the, I mean, look, do you remember it was right around this time last year when Dallas was in a similar spot with Green Bay, uh, maybe was d- better than people thought. Could, you know, Philadelphia was the, the reigning champ in that division, just like, you know, the Bears were this year. Um, and Dallas went out, and a lot of people thought, overspent for Amari Cooper, gave up a first-round draft pick for a guy that had probably been underachieving uh, with Oakland. And what did he do? He instantly came into Dallas last year, became one of the five or ten best wide receivers in football. Dallas wins 12 game. That offense was ridiculous. Nobody anywhere now remembers that Jerry Jones gave up a first-round pick, and if they do, it was probably a genius move. So if you're Brian Gutekunst, do you do the same thing? Do you say, well, I mean, the biggest name is A.J. Green, obviously. Cincinnati's a dumpster fire. Yep. I don't even know if it would. Maybe they would take a second or a third. But if you're Gutekunst, are you working the phones today Calling every team that's two and four, one and five, or zero and six, and there's a lot of them. Teams that are probably out of it right now, and saying, "Look, we want this guy, your number one or number two receiver. How high of a draft pick do I have to give you to get him?" Why? Well, I mean, Geronimo Allison got his head crushed in. Um, well, he's, he's seeing stars, I, I, no and he's, he's, dry, he's, he's wears terrible. bricks for gloves. He's terrible. He has bricks for his hands. 
He's, you know, then you got Marquez Valdez Scantling, who isn't a number two. I had big, I had high hopes for Marquez Valdez Scantling. He got folded up last night too. He's injured. Um, he can't catch worth anything. And then you got D- Shepard, who probably shouldn't even be on the team today. My God, yeah, with the, what the, he was doing. Kumaro the Kumaro was, things. He's, well, Nelson said it. He's not any good. Well, Nelson's not talking to the Wizard on the phone. He actually says a, a good thing <laughs> once in a while. And he did say yesterday that if you're relying on Jake Kumaro, a practice squad guy from UW-Whitewater, you're probably doomed. He's so, terrible. Then you have... Rodgers hit him right in the numbers, and it bounced right off him. And then he 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 caught the one on third down, and he's so slow he couldn't he couldn't beat the guy to the stick. I mean, like it's a great story. Look yes, at, yay! At, yeah. A guy from Whitewater's playing in the NFL. He's got no business being on that roster. Look at no this, business. Look at the receiving core, man. Uh, give all the credit in the world for the Packers finding ways to win too, um, with without Devontae Adams. Jimmy Graham can't do anything either. He's I mean, terrible. He, he had that one crucial catch at the end. I'll give him that. But he always says. Jimmy Graham's always good for, like, one good catch a game. You could barely fit a Utica phone book under Jimmy Graham last night. <laughs> bigger bigger vertical, Adam Schefter or Jimmy Graham? Now that, it's I, close. Yeah, that one might be closer than the, the, the Mason Crosby The one. only thing is Adam Schefter's closer to 5'7", where uh, Jimmy Graham is closer to 6'7". So, yeah. Rodgers hitting Lazard for the 35-yard touchdown pass, it had an 18.7% completion probability. And the pass traveled 50.4 yards in the air, and Lazard had a .5 yards of separation from him and Justin Coleman. It was called, considered a, quote, a dime completion. Oh, I love dropping dimes. <laughs> 608-321-1670. Rick, welcome to the Joe and Evo Show. Hey, just a couple comments. The first thing is on those uh, defensive holdings on Trey Flowers. <clears throat> I refereed uh, WIA football for a while. Yeah. And when I went through the classes, I don't know. I, I think those penalties on Flowers weren't so much illegal hands to the face as like illegal use of hands. The way it was worded to us in those classes is anytime you use your hands to gain an advantage over the opponent, and he clearly had his hands inside the shoulder pad around like almost like an inside horse collar using it to pin him back. Yeah. And legally, I mean, the way I saw that, you can't do that. I mean, you can push with your palm to get up, but you can't grab inside the shoulder pad. So, Rick, and I'll read this to you. The, the referee spoke last night to the to the media for the referee pool. By the way, uh, thank you for being a ref. Today's I've declared it today's national <laughs> hug a ref day. So... Consider this, a, consider this a hug, buddy. Uh, but the referee did say, basically it's for illegal use of the hands and hands to the face foul. So that's, to your point, that's what they said to the pool last night. Okay, and but I think the way they said illegal hands of the face is probably why Flowers was all confused. But yeah. I, I don't think his move was legal when you grab the inside of a yeah. shoulder pad. One other thing said, to be a foul, we basically need some forceful contact that's prolonged to the head and neck area of the defender. So that's right. that's what it is. Yep, I see those as fouls. I know that everybody's up in arms about it, but I just think they just I, – I, I, I don't think they're legal really – I know legal use of hands was what I would I would lean to, but anyway. Yeah. And then my other question is, I wonder what the salary salary cap would be if you just released Graham. <laughs> um, and then I mean, I'd, I'd call the Bengals and say, okay, what do you need? Yeah, um, definitely. I'll look up the I mean, the Jimmy Graham contract here. So anyway, thanks, thanks buddy. Th- thank you, Rick. Thanks. I appreciate National you, brother. National Hunger Day. Yeah, um, I, I I don't know that it's I, because the NFL the contracts are so screwy, Rick. Uh, so I, we're, 2019, we're Jimmy Graham's cap hit twelve million six hundred and sixty-six thousand yeah, dollars. They're not releasing him. The question is, what are? I mean, you're stuck with that dude. Unfortunately, um, you've got no uh, Mercedes Lewis is your only shot at tight end, and you're as you just said it, Evo. You're talking about a 35 year old blocking tight end. I mean, they have no prospects at tight end. Um, do you get excited about Alan Lazard, or do you say yes? There's a guy sitting there who is desperate to get out. 
of a terrible situation. Just bite the bullet, give up a second round pick. Uh, I mean, what do you think helps the Packers win a Super Bowl more right now? A second round pick that maybe is good in three years or AJ Green? Like, make the freaking call today. See, everyone calling for AJ Green, they do know he's injured, right? He and he's been injured for like the past three yeah, years. Yeah. Okay. But is he still injured or is he Jalen Ramsey? Yeah, I'm injured now. Like, I agree he was injured. I don't know that he's too injured right now. Would you, in a when you're waiting to get paid, would you want to go back and play for the 0 6 Bengals when you're looking for a big payday? <laughs> no. I think he's playing smart with his value, saying, yeah. So he's been doing that for three years, though? No, I think he's, I think he's, I think he was legitimately hurt to start the year. He's been hurt the last three years. No, like, I, I see what you're saying. I, I mean, look, the Bengals are a disaster. You don't I, need another receiver on the IR. Okay, so I guess Nels, there's there's one person saying we shouldn't trade for AJ Green. I mean, it's not a guarantee. I, he could be a bust. I, I mean, Martellus Bennett. I will admit, I thought that was a genius move. He is terrible. I'm just saying they gotta try something, Ebo. And I don't know what that answer is. There's no way that model is sustainable. What you saw last night <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers pulling out throws like that. Jacob Cates tweets us. He says, "What is Des Bryant up to these days? Is his Achilles healed up yet?" <laughs> They got to try something. No, Des said on Twitter he'd never come to Green right. Bay. Uh, until he gets paid. Uh, 608 321. <laughs> Jimmy Graham money, I bet he'd come. 608. Uh, <laughs> there's got to be a solution, Packer fans. The other big question of the day has been what do you do about the Packers receivers? Because I don't think we got a solution on that one. Um, the, the two choices are roll with what you got, pray that Devontae Adams comes back, uh, or. Do something which it and people say, well, there's no trade deadline in the NFL. There actually is, and it's actually started. You've seen it as of late. It's nothing like baseball or basketball, but there is a trade deadline. They still can go out and and, and find someone. So, you're of Gutekunst. Do you try and? I mean, the, the big name is AJ Green. Do you go out and try and get him or someone like him, or do you say well, there's like to Nelson's point, guy's been hurt on and off for the last three years. How do you think that's going to be any better? You just you got to go with what you got. You committed this offseason to the defense. You you've got a great defense. You've got a great quarterback. You've got very average skill players, but you just got to make it work with this team. And then you get to the offseason, and I predict you'll see this draft and this free agency heavy wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. But until next offseason, it's not going to change. I mean, your answer would be what? You should do something. Look at what you got. You got Geronimo Allison, who just got his brain scrambled, who's got the dropsies. Marquez Valdez-Scantling got folded up. He's injured, and he's not a number two. Jake Kumaro is cool. He played at Whitewater. Yay. Yeah, that story's kind of wearing out for me. Um, same. You got Jimmy Graham, who stinks. He's, he's he can't even he can't even sprint anymore. And maybe they got some in Lazard. Six oh eight three. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. That's you're right. Maybe six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Charlie, welcome to the Joe and Ebo show. Hey, uh, you can celebrate the, the the refs and congratulate them and say it's not a big deal. But here's something you're not thinking of: if that win last night was aided heavily by the refs, and it was, that would mean the Packers are not as good as the record shows, and that is why you need to be concerned and not be happy about this as a Packer fan. You should want to win and win convincingly. 
nobody watched that game and thought the Packers are worthy of a five and one record. Um, yeah, but the Packers yeah. are the one making the calls. That's the referees. Each team, no, each team no, has to handle. Right. Each team not, has to handle I'm their own business. I'm not blaming the Packers for this. I'm, I'm not blaming the Packers for this. But as fans and as, as professional radio hosts, you guys got to look at this and say, "Come on." I mean, this is not how we want to win. We want to make a game, and you guys didn't make a statement. And you know. Mike, the uh, Detroit didn't help themselves in, on a few cases, right? But well, you can't sit there and say that the that 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 the uh, that the, that the <laughs> Detroit needed to be uh, winning uh, with touchdowns when the Packers are able to win with a field goal. Well, the, I mean, that's know, holding the teams to two different standards. If you look at the and, Detroit Lions, they had 58 and, yards of offense in the second half. Well, right, and it helps though when you don't get the when you get two drives taken away from you. So they had two opportunities for two more drives that were taken away from them because the Packers were extended. Now, secondly, before I go, Joe, come on, man. Packers do not get boned by the refs at every time. Remember that Hail Mary that the uh, uh, Rodgers pulled off in Detroit that they showed a replay of? Do you yes. remember the uh, face mask that was called before that that wasn't there that allowed that play to happen? I can tell you, bro. The Packers have had more drives extended by pass interference, no holding, that the rest of the league sees that you guys don't. Hey, so Char- come on. Charlie, One call in Seattle does not absolve the Packers from getting rough love from here of eternity. <laughs> All right, guys? Charlie, Packers real quick. Packers that team, they don't need it. Are you, a, are you a Lions fan, I take it? No, I'm a Vikings fan. Oh, Vikings fan? Okay. Never mind. Well, thank you. No, hey, Charlie, look, I will, say, I will meet you in the middle. I'm not going to say that the Packers – it's more than the fail, Mary. Uh, again, go back to the Kirk Cousins. Go back to the hit on Trubisky. Yeah, the Packers won that game, but they shouldn't. Uh, again, go back two weeks ago. There is a, the pass interference call that Lafleur challenge is egregious, and there was a, a clear uh, face mask on the last fourth down play where the Packers where, where Rodgers was intercepted. So I can go it. Uh, on both sides and you can say I mean look if you want to make that game last night about those two plays you can I my comeback would be the Packers had three turnovers the Lions had it first and goal three times uh, in the first half and got three field goals and the Packers were broken and done and you know Rodgers had probably at that point said what else can I do um, and all it was at half was 13-10 Green Bay, and, or excuse me, Detroit, and it should have been, Charlie, 27-28-7 maybe was at it, the half. The yeah. game was over, so it's not the ref's fault that Detroit couldn't put Green Bay away in the first half. Yes, they let him in it in the second half, and a bad call was made. But here's the thing, to avoid a bad call, Take care of your business. Here's they had thing. plenty chances to put Green Bay Why down no in the one first half. This? Did the Lions even score in the first quarter? One referee said it was a first down Packers. The other referee said it was a touchdown. Did you ever see the ball cross the plane? How come no one talks about the ref's job in the Packers on that one then? Here's what Mike McCarthy once said. If you lose because of a call, you're never winning to begin with. Uh, 58 yards of offense from the Lions <laughs> in the second half, and they scored six field goals. If you want to beat Aaron Rodgers, you got to do more than field goals. I agree. 608-321-1670. Mitch, welcome to the Joe Nebo Show. Hello, sirs. you got to play that uh, baby crying soundbite for Charlie there, I think. <laughs> um, I'll get that cue. But hey, as it pains me to say this, I agree with Nelson on the uh, A.J. Green front. He's going to cost too much. And he's hurt all the time. Um, it's the risk reward. I don't think is worth it. You guys were talking about uh, possession receivers. That's what that's what they really need. And I mean, bring him in for a workout at least. The 
guy catches everything. He's a veteran, Michael Crabtree. I Ooh. think he might be. Yeah. I mean, it'd be a low. He, he'd come for peanuts, and he can catch the ball. Yeah, he can't really separate that much, but that was never really his game anyway. Bring him in, see what happens. Um, that, that's what that's what I would do at least. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Mitch. I, I mean, look, I I agree, and, and maybe AJ Green. We get caught up in dollar signs, and again, it's the fantasy football mentality because that's a name you know. Maybe it's not the most sense. I just. I, I I'm sorry. I, I can't I can't watch another game like that. I can't watch Rodgers throw it off a player's helmet and it bounces up. I can't watch him thread the needle time and time again to Jimmy Graham and he can't watch it. I can't watch him throw to a wide open Jake Kumro who couldn't make a 300 pound lineman miss in open space. Like I just I can't watch it anymore. I can't watch these wide receivers. They're so bad. Yeah. I, I just I can't do it. Well, the one thing the thing about the refs is like you know. What Charlie was saying, I understand if you're not a Packers fan, you're looking at this, like those two calls that are so egregious. Did the refs, did the refs help the Packers win? Yes, they did. But the Lions didn't help themselves at all. You know what helped? Aaron Rodgers finding Lazard for that touchdown. You know what else helped? Them setting it up for Mason Crosby to get their um, field goal. You know what else helped? The Packers defense shutting the Lions down every time they went to the red zone. 608-321-1670. Dan, welcome to the Joe and Evo Show. It, brother. I don't feel bad about it at all. He served my God. He had one warning before. He, if he didn't do it a second time, we'll make the game different. But he, he chose to do exactly what he got penalized for the first time. Yep. Yeah, no, Dan, you're, you're right. And it's funny. Uh, thank you for the call. I just saw this. Uh, somebody put this on Facebook. They blew up the, 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 the call in question. And, like, if you super blow it up, like, Two of his knuckles are touching Bakhtiari's face mask, which is ticky-tack, and you have to get, like, a, a Zapruder film to do it. But it's the rule. Like, his hand is touching the face mask of David Bakhtiari. What is hands to the face? I mean, you can cry about it all you want. Media, NFL, it's not the reason the Lions yeah, so lost to the Packers last night. It just head, isn't the reason. Here's what the head referee said to the reporter pool afterwards, because they can talk about the calls and they, they transcribe them. He says, uh, the last one was really the only one I discussed with the other official. Basically, it's for illegal use of the hands and hands to the face foul. To be a foul, we basically need some forceful contact that's prolonged to the head and neck area of the defender. So in his and our mind, he had pinned him back. It was prolonged, and that's what created yeah. the foul. This, you know, it, it, there's a lot of dumb penalty call rules that are still rules. Like they made a call, get over it. Uh, Gavin, welcome to the Joe and Ebo show. Hey boys, how we living this morning? Oh, dude, I'm five and one, baby, here, smiling. I'm, I'm taking the W, Joe. I agree with you, man. I don't, I don't feel bad at all about that. Hey, we, we were gifted a win. Uh, I'm gonna take it. You got to be humble about it, but yeah, if you watch Packers games over the last how many years, Joe? I mean, you're gonna take this with a smile on your face. I guess the only thing that makes me feel bad about it, guys, is it happened to the Lions. I, I wish it would have happened to like the Vikings or the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, it seems like seems like the Lions get a lot of bad calls. I remember specifically that playoff game against the Cowboys, that uh, phantom flag that got picked up. Gavin, towards the 
towards the end of that game. It seems like the Lions are always on the on the bad end of this. Do you but, think uh, the Do you think the football gods put Lions fans here just to suffer? I kind of feel bad for them. I, yeah, I mean, it, it it does kind of feel like that, Ebo. There's certain teams that it feels like it always kind of goes against them. Um, but guys, Ebo, I agree with you. Um, and, and we saw last night. Uh, how big that buy is for the Lions. You saw in that first quarter how fast they came out. The Packers looked uh, slow, tired. Um, they were able to scheme right away a couple of big plays, so that buy really helped the Lions. But then the defense, they, they completely shut them down in the second half. And to that guy's call from earlier, Charlie, the fact that the Packers lost a turnover battle 0-3 to and still won an NFL game, I think that speaks volumes to how good the Packers are not how bad that they are. When, when you lose a turnover battle like that and you can still win a game, you're a, you're a good team. And it's funny how Charlie doesn't bring up that Vikings game with those ridiculous calls on Clay Matthews. I, I noticed he didn't bring those calls yeah. up, guys. No, um, it, I don't feel – I love Charlie. Thank, I love the passion you, of it. I get, I, and I love hearing the other side of the story. But at the end of the day, what are the Packers supposed to do? Say, right. oh, 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 they can have the ball? What, are they going to fumble the ball to them? Like when their next drive, they're like, oh, sorry, the ref screwed you. Here's the ball back not going to happen. Again, they, the Lions had a chance. It should have been 28-7 at minimum at the half. The fact that it was 13-10 at the half, there was the last I checked in the first half, there were no bad calls against uh, the Packers. In fact, the only bad call was probably screwing the Packers uh, when it looked like they had stopped him on first or on fourth down on the goal line. So, these calls that are in question were late in the game. This shouldn't even have been a game. Had the Lions done anything with those three Packer turnovers, this game would have been well in hand before those calls were made. Uh, let's get one more in. 608-321-1670. Ronnie, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Hi, Joe. Hey, yeah, Ron. What's up, uh, brother? Union, I was out Union South last night, and uh, but uh, I – I'd have to give a game ball to Jamal Williams, and he had a heck of a game. Yes, man. he did. He's a beast. His uh, pass catching and running, and and that play at the end there where he uh, he could have scored, but uh, that I I don't know if that's heads up. That was heads up, yeah. And uh, yeah, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers was behind him screaming to get down too. And uh, I I looked at that play there where they called a touchdown in the first half. I looked at it like that. Four times, and there was no way the ball got close to the goal line. Yeah, so. one of the one of the refs called it Packers ball, and the other ref called it a touchdown. I don't hear anyone talking about that from the Lions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Ron? that's called. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank I, I'm Ron glad you had a good blazing. night. That's called. You know what that's called, Ron? Revisionist history. Yeah, that's making it fit your narrative. You know, I get what ESPN's doing this morning. It's sexy, it's juicy to talk about the rest stole the game from the Lions. It's, it's not sexy or juicy to say the Lions were gifted a touchdown in the first quarter. I get it. I get how the game's played. I've been in the game. But it's not the reason why the Packers won last night. It's not the reason why the Lions lost. I mean, you're better than that. Jonathan Taylor was crossing up some people again. Uh, but, the, Bernie, the story of Saturday, obviously the defense. I mean, my God. Four what? shutouts on the season, number one total defense, number one rushing yards, number one passing yards. What can we what is left to describe this Badger defense and what it's doing this season? I, honestly, there is no more words. They're just that good. They might be the best of all time. Which how many they score every game. It's amazing. They've given up four touchdowns and they've scored four touchdowns. That's insane. It, 
it's insane. And you know what? It's just like watching Jimmy Leonard put these guys in the position to make plays and then watching the guys make every play is just amazing. And you can tell it stems from the coaching down. Those guys look like they're having a blast out there. Like they're playing without thinking. They're just reacting. And that's all coaching. And then you got my guy, Chris Orr, who's one of the nicest dudes to meet. He's one of the meanest dudes on the field. Yeah. And I just love to watch the way that him and all the other guys are just playing. It's just smash mouth like fast football. Hey, Bernie, do you think Jim Leonard is going to, I mean, it's all conjecture, but do you think he's going to stick around or do you think he'd be like getting enticed to go to the NFL or somewhere else to be a head coach? Or do you think he'd be a Wisconsin guy through and through and be loyal? Yeah, I mean, everything in his past says he's such a Wisconsin guy. So I don't, you know, like he's made 10 years of money in the NFL. He's making pretty solid money in Wisconsin. I mean, why leave? I, I guess maybe if, like, you know, if Coach Chris ever left or something happened that he didn't like, I, I just find it hard to believe that he'll ever leave. I well, think he could possibly be the next head football. He's Listen, he's the next Barry Alvarez. That's what I was just going to say. I think, Bernie, he's going to – because I'm sure teams have called will call again. I think at some point Chris will come to him and say, look, I, I'm going to do this for five more years. If you stay in here, you know, you, you got the job in five years. So I, I think it's kind of like what they, when they brought Bielma in, right, to be defensive coordinator, and Barry told him, you know, you're going to be D.C. for three years, and then you're going to run the show. I think it's the same thing with Leonard. I think he's going to be the head coach here in, you know, five, six years. You know, and, and I completely agree. And then, then I think after that, he's going to be the uh, athletic director. So, I, I, you know, the guy is he's too special to Wisconsin to let him go anywhere else. And I think Coach Chris, I hope he's there for however long he wants to be there. And I hope that he, that Jimmy is the next guy. Um, it's good for the state. It's good for, you know, it's good for everybody. It's good for alumni. Man, it's good for me. Maybe I can finally watch a game on the field. <laughs> I was going to say, can you, hook, can you hook your boys up if, uh, if that happens? <laughs> oh, my God. I'll try to hook everybody up. Uh, visit with our guy uh, Matt Bernstein. All right, so now you get to the the season at hand and six and zero, Bernie. I mean, I said this to Ebo yesterday. Can we just get like Illinois to forfeit? Like, can we just get them to give us two hundred yards for Jonathan Taylor and a shutout so we can pad our stats and then move on to Ohio State? Because, like, I mean, Wisconsin's a thirty point favorite on Saturday. Is this truly just a going through the motions because you got the game of the decade coming up next week in Columbus? And I, I mean, I hope not, because if you watched uh, Illinois play tough against Michigan, I, I don't want to see that. Was that this weekend? Yeah. 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 They, yeah. they made it. They got yeah. it pretty close. They got it within the a touchdown in the, yeah, in the third quarter. I, I'll tell you what, man. Going to Vegas for a weekend really Oh, yeah. How was the bachelor party, by the way? Oh, it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We saw Calvin Harris Friday night, pool party Saturday. Saw some <laughs> bikinis I've never seen before in my entire life. Hell, you, yeah. You were wearing one? I wish. Hey, listen, you could do whatever you want in Vegas as long as you you got to grease everyone. You basically got to tip everyone. You could do whatever you want there. No, did you tan beforehand or you just go kind of pasty? Oh, man, I'm so pasty. It's disgusting. And I sit in the shade. I don't go out in the sun. Well, you're, you're talking to me, Bernie. I'm like albino. <laughs> I feel you, brother. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I, like, a team like Illinois doesn't make me nervous. It just makes me think that it'll be a game. Only because we have Ohio State next week. We just came off this amazing victory. But you know what, though? What are you going to do? First off, you have to go against our defense so that you're not going to score that much, right? If, they, then, even sc- if they even score at all. If they even score. You know, like that's – so for me, if I'm Jimmy, I bet, guys, listen, let's keep, this, let's keep this going. You guys could be the best defense in college football possibly, especially for the Badgers. Let's keep this going. Let's shut out Illinois. Um, 
And on offense, I mean, listen, I, I really – Jonathan Taylor had a tough day, and everyone else played fantastic after that. Yeah. Who ran that long chess sweep? Was that uh, A.J. Taylor or Kendrick Pryor? Uh, Pryor. Pryor, yeah. That was awesome. That was phenomenal, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, man, what's I that was... say about the Badgers that Jonathan Taylor gets held for, what, 80-some yards? I mean, so it's two touchdowns, but 80-some yards, and everyone else is competing. I think that's, you know, multifaceted offense now for Wisconsin, yeah? Oh, completely. And what's great is you watch Jack Cohn step up. You know, like where in some games, eh, you know, last week he played okay. Now, I thought he, what, he had two incompletions? Yeah, he was, he was balling. He could he set the single-season record for uh, completion percentage if he keeps it up. That would be beating yes. Scott Tolzien. Which is, listen, that says, look at where he's come from, right? From last year <gasps> until this year. It's like night and day. Bernie, you know the last time you were down here, we were throwing those balls across the street? Yeah, we need him. Remember who we were trying to hit? Yes, Jonathan Stocko. And, yes, Nelson, do you want to tell Bernie what you did? Oh, hang oh, on. Try, try again. Ahead. I may have got them last weekend. Nelson pegged him in the, <laughs> Nelson pegged him in the face. <laughs> oh, I dropped a dime right on their their little uh, platform. So we have we have honed our skills, uh, Bernie. On that. Uh, by the way, speaking of quarterbacks, a uh, bad news again or good news, Bernie? You're still on the board. Uh, Connor Cook, the former Michigan State quarterback, the second overall pick in the XFL draft. He's going to the Houston Roughnecks. The Roughnecks. Wow, I love that name. Hey, wow, uh, I gotta, I gotta put this on. This sounds more exciting than anything else, other than the Joe and Evo show. That's why we're doing it together: well, the XFL right. draft and the Joe and Evo show. <laughs> Bernie, I, I wouldn't get your hopes up too much on the XFL and how exciting it is. Let me ask you: Is exciting eleven o'clock kickoff for Ohio State? No, I, I, <laughs> no, no. I, I, I can't believe. I'm sorry, the noon kickoff for you in New York Dude, over there. What is Fox like? What's their deal? So they think that I mean, look, and we've we've had this debate on this show, and I mean, they're they're they got people making a hell of a lot more money than me making this decisions, but they claim that the highest rating slot is not night games because there's already competition with you know the SEC and the 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 Big Twelve. That Fox says we're going to put on a product at 11 a.m. We're going to take the best game of our crop, which is usually the Big Ten, and put their showcase game on, and they claim that the ratings they get at 11 would be better or are better than when they put that same game in primetime. So right then, or wrong, love it or leave it, whenever there's going to be a – I said this during the Michigan game, uh, the pregame show, get used to the new Big Badger game days aren't going to be night games. They're going to be 11 o'clock kickoffs because that's what the TV guys want. Wait, and so that means like game day will never have game day? Well, I mean, never, but I mean, it's probably going to be difficult, yeah. You know, game day's tough when it's uh, a noon or what is eleven o'clock kickoff. Like that's a tough game. Well, there was tough one not too long guys. ago, wasn't there? Yeah, they, they did have Michigan a couple yeah, of years ago at eleven. But you're right. I mean, normally they're tough. afternoon or night games. Um, I mean, look, the Big Ten Network and ABC still can have a night game. But yeah, whenever there's a Fox game, you know, it's and they're going to get first pick. And you, I mean, what are the Badgers' two biggest games this year? Michigan, Ohio State, both eleven o'clock kickoffs. Yeah, I always liked. I always liked. 11 o'clock kickoffs just to, you know, get in, you know, get the win and get out. I don't know. That, that was just me. Like, okay, but as a player, what was the night game like? Well, so here's the thing. The night game at home is great because you're sitting in Wisconsin hanging out with your guys. You know, maybe you go to the stadium, but everything's so familiar. When you go to, uh, let's just say, Ohio State, you stay at the hotel. It's not familiar. Then you might drive to the stadium. Everything's just a little bit, like, outside of, like, your norm. So mm-hmm. it's not as comfortable. That's why I don't like the night games away. I just feel like it's too long to be in the zone. Um, 
I always like to wake up. You know, you got your routine. For me, it was wake up. Yeah, what's shower, the what's the Matt Bernstein routine? I would wake up run because you had to go to breakfast. So I'd wake up at it had to be like six forty-five. It was so early. Hmm, sounds like sleeping in to me. <laughs> I'd run down there, put eggs on a bagel, eat it, run upstairs, go back to sleep for like half an hour. You know, shower, put on your sweats that we used to rock, and then you you go to mass, go on the bus, and then you're there. So it's like. You know, there's no time to think. You can only you're only moving forward. You know, for like a two thirty game, you have so much more time, and a night game is just you have hours to to sit around, watch TV, be bored. Like I hated that. So, what do you think, Bernie? Final thought then. I mean, because I think we all agree they're going to beat Illinois handily, and then it becomes next week. I mean, now being ranked number six with college football playoff, I mean, we've been down this road before a couple of years ago. Uh, I mean, obviously, next week, and even if you lose and it's close, right, and you get a rematch in the Big Ten championship game, but certainly if you, I mean, if you go in and win in Columbus, I mean, at that point, it's now college football playoff or bust, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, they- but we'll be what? They'll be ranked top four. We'll be ranked top four, probably top five at least. Yeah, I mean, right now they're so, three, we're six. So, I mean, I don't right. think Ohio State's a four-touchdown favorite against Northwestern. And, you know, we're a 31-point favorite. So I'm pretty sure both teams are going to be top five ranked and both undefeated next week. Which is which is how can game day and how can it not be a 2-30 game? It's just crazy. But, you know, at the same time, even if we lose to Ohio State, we're not getting knocked out that far. Right? You lost to the... Number three, number two team in the in the nation, and we have a rematch. So, listen, I like our odds, man. I, even with a one loss to Ohio State and we beat them in the Big Ten, I still think we're in the playoffs. It's happening, dude. I'm calling it right now. Badgers beating Ohio State. Watch it happen. Uh, oh, here oh. you go, Bernie. One more for you. For I, I, yeah. this got to be about maybe right after you play it. D'Angelo Yancey, former Green Bay Packer Yancey. and Purdue Boilermaker, is off the board. The third overall pick to the New York Guardians. There you go. You can be the a Guardians. Jet fan and a D'Angelo Yancey Guardian fan. You know where do they could have played those games? Uh, you're there, man. I'm just reading it off Twitter. Oh well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Google the Guardians and maybe I'll get a season. Two I over. think you could. I mean, dude, you could at least get a tryout. I mean, Vince Papalia was begging groceries, Bernie, and he got to play for the oh, Eagles. Oh, they're playing at they're playing at uh, well, the Giants and, and just play at Met, Met Life, right? They are. Yeah. Okay. There you go. They're playing on, at Met Life, Bernie. On what day? Well, so they end right. They <laughs> end the day? they end the weekend <laughs> after the Super Bowl. They start the the weekend after the Super Bowl. The XFL does. Oh God, they're playing like February and March. Bernie, yeah. you can get a tier one oh, club, oh. tier one club season tickets is five hundred seventy five dollars. By the way, we should do the Joe and Evo show at one of these games. Uh, done, a done. Club. Yeah, please. I would love that. Set it up. You can find me in the club with a bottle full of bub, Bernie. <laughs> hey, I'll be fine with that as, as a Guardian fan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, go That's Jets, amazing. go Jets, baby. Thank go you, Jets, buddy. Baby. Talk to you next week. There he is, former Badger Matt Bernstein. I love our Tuesdays with Bernie. Great stuff, as always, from our guy, Bernie. He's fun to be around, man. He is the best. If you missed uh, any of uh, Matt Bernstein's interview, we'll put it up on the podcast after the show. Uh, That is the Joe and Ebo experience. All right, 608-321-1670. A ton of unpacking. Uh, from last night, we had this Twitter poll uh, nearing the 200-vote threshold now. What was the main reason for the Packers' win? Uh, the flurry of Crosby field goals, the Rodgers-Lazard fourth quarter connections, plural. 
uh, the Packer defense once again uh, rising to the bell or the referees, as some people are arguing that the uh, Packers were gifted that game with the two hands to the face. Uh, out of the 182 votes, uh, 39% saying the defense, 27% the refs, 23% Rodgers, Lazard, and 11% Crosby's field goals. What'd you guys vote? Uh, I went the Rodgers Lazard because it's to me it's just Rodgers and fill in the blank because Rodgers just dropped absolutely dimes in there. But Lazard, to his credit, made the catch. Well, so. see, Toronto Mason couldn't catch and he just got out of the game with a concussion. Right. Mark Quesvelde Scantling couldn't really catch. Jake Kumaro can't catch or if fast. Jimmy Graham had his one good catch per game. Well, he hit three off his shoulder pads again. So God, yeah, maybe it is Lazard. So. Um, I voted that, but I, it's tough for me not to think about the defense, too. The Packers' defense was incredible. Um, that flea flicker that opened up the game for the Lions, the fact that they only held them to a field goal, then the Erno, that was when they did they scored the touchdown. That shouldn't have even been a touchdown, right? Yeah. I would get so worked up over these, these, these big plays, and then all of a sudden the Packers' defense holds them. They had six field goals. Yeah, I mean, the Packers it, defense was phenomenal. So again, for 608-321-1670. So if you're the non-Packer fan who's and we've had a few of them calling today say that the Packers are gifted or if you're a Packer fan who feels guilty and we've had a few of those call in, uh that's crap on two fronts. Again, the Lions had ample opportunity to put the Packers down way before those calls were made. And then the second part of that is there 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 were calls that went the other way. So, you know, the the biggest thing to me is, look, if you're complaining about that, oh, that call gave him the game, well, how about the fact that the Lions had five first and goals and ended up with five field goals? And the one touchdown the Lions scored in the game was, wasn't even a touchdown. So I, I don't feel... What ref called I don't the Packers feel, ball? I don't feel one guilty as a Packer fan no. celebrating this win today. Smiling, Not at all. I'm smiling ear to ear and celebrating being 5-1. and one. They don't ask how. That's how many wins you got. You think at the end of the year when they're tailing up to who's going to get home field advantage and who qualifies for playoffs? Well, well, the refs made a bad call in this game. I don't think we should give them right. home field advantage. Don't work like that. Wins and losses. What did the Packers do last night? They won, right? There you go. Alert. Former Packer Christine Michael just drafted six overall in the XFL. I mean, that's two Packers now. Two, two Packers in the, in the top, top six. six. Three, if you count the quarterbacks that have already been signed. Again, uh, Ted, the, the XFL doesn't exist without Ted Thompson. I would like to thank uh, Theodore Thompson for his. Or maybe it doesn't exist without Brian Gutekunst because he cut those guys. <laughs> what could be? There's, there's Gutekunst's so, like these guys belong in the XFL. You're cut. So two of the top six picks and one of the quarterbacks. So already three of the eleven guys in the XFL were on the Packers <laughs> roster within the last two years. <laughs> and you defended Ted Thompson tooth and nail Look for at, years. Hey, what if the XFL Nelson becomes like one A to the NFL? And, all, and what if D'Angelo Yancey? What if Christine Michael is like the MVP? Everyone's gonna want him back in the NFL. Half of the half of the <laughs> Packers roster from 2013 to 2017 is playing they're, the XFL. They're in the AAF, and then the XFL. It, it is pretty sad. I mean, in all seriousness, there are a lot to Nelson's point. And the other half of them are playing for the Madison Mustangs. Didn't you just? Did no, you just tell me Jeff Janis has a car wash? Yeah, Janis has a car wash. Uh, Jason, welcome to the Joe and Ebo show. What's up, gentlemen? What's, What's up, up brother? buddy? Hey, long time no talk, but you know I had to call in, and I'm surprised that uh, Johnny Menzel, Mr. Football, has, didn't go number one overall for the XFL. He's banned. He's been. They banned him. 
They banned him? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You got banned what from the you, if, you know, it's, if Vince McMahon is banning you, how low have you gotten as a human being? So that's where Johnny Manziel's Jason, life is currently Jason, at. Jason, think about this. He got kicked out of the NFL. He got banned for life from the CFL. He got to the AAF, and that league folded as soon as he got there, and then he can't. he's not welcome in the XFL. Maybe they think he's just bad luck, you know. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Hey, he's he's here. We're, you know, we're losing. You know, we haven't done well. No, look, they have you even near us. You can't even come into the stadium. Right. Anyways, what a game last night, guys. That was absolutely gorgeous. The defense, by the way, uh, Ebo, it was a field goal on that first yeah, one. Yeah, first and a field touchdown goal. on the, the second drive. Gotcha. So, um, as we had talked earlier, kind of a remember all this stuff without even having to look it up. Oh, yeah, you got, like, some, like, Russell Crowe beautiful mind going on, don't you? <laughs> when it comes to sports, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that defense, though, I mean, like, if, if the Lions are complaining about, you know, these calls, I mean, take a look at every other team. Everybody, other, Every other team has got calls that go against them. Kick, you know, don't kick field goals, score touchdowns. I, th- I really think it was kind of a – you know, like a almost a quid pro quo. Hey, we gave you, we gave them a touchdown. We're, we'll give you guys a, a couple extra, you know, penalties to help you move along a little bit. Um, one last thing: last night during uh, Aaron Rodgers' press conference, he threw shade at the Chicago Bears. You know, kind of trolled them a little bit, talking about out there. You know, kind of like Robbie Gold when he was in Chicago. Hmm. Talking about kicker issues, you know, Rogers. I love it. Bum, you know, bum, keep bum. it up on our uh, South Side neighbors. Yes, sir. Can't complain. Thanks, Th- Jason. Thank you, Jason. Uh, yeah. Okay. To that point. So let's hear buddy Sippy just tweets in. As a 49er fan living in Wisconsin for six years, if you don't absolutely cherish these throws Aaron Rodgers is making, just hang up your foam cheese wedge and stop watching football. Dude is tossing yo-yos right now. Yeah, he was balling um, out there. He was incredible last night. And with, with, when you know, needed, he, was, he got it done. With guys that probably, speaking of the XFL, with wide receivers that probably do they even should be in the XFL. Do, I, do I mean, they even draft him in the XFL? It's a good question. Well, yes, because D'Angelo. Shepherd. Does Shepard get drafted in the XFL? Well, if D'Angelo Yancey's the fifth overall pick and he couldn't be the fifth wide receiver in Green Bay, then I'm going to go ahead and say Shepard would play. But the point is, Darius Shepard, uh, Jake Kumro. Probably Geronimo Allison aren't NFL worthy receivers. And that's what Aaron Rodgers is working with. Jimmy Graham is five years removed from being an NFL uh, tight end. Uh, they don't have skill players. And the question is do they have enough time to address it this season? Do they have an opportunity to address it? Or is this what it's going to always be the defense bailing them out and Rodgers making incredible throws in the fourth quarter? Because unless Devontae Adams comes back, and hell, even when Devontae Adams comes back at this point, if you're a defensive coordinator and you're watching that poop last night from the Packers wide receivers, Devontae Adams is never catching the ball again if I'm the opposing defensive (laughs) coordinator. Because what else scares you from Green Bay outside of Devontae Adams right now? Nothing. 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 Um, Brewers fan 53, Eric, tweets in and says, I think we should try to trade for Devontae Parker from Miami. You might be able to get him on the Lodo, the cheap. Yeah, I said you know, take uh, you know if you want if you got some time at work today or on your lunch break, uh, go t- go through the NFL standings, pick every team that's two and four or worse, and look at their wide receiver depth chart, and you could probably have somebody for a draft pick. But like Nelson said, and I will agree, 
I don't know. You know, A.J. Green could be, you know, a superstar or he could be a total flame out. I, I, you know, I don't know if they can get. I mean, again, guys are I always say this with free agency too. guys are out there for a reason. Right. Like people are like, well, why did they let this player go or why didn't they re-sign him? Like, well, because it's for a reason. Right. The, the great players never hit free agency. The great players are never traded because they're great players. So, yeah, if you're getting someone at the trade deadline, you're not getting a Hall of Famer. You're getting someone that's underperformed on a bad team that they just want to cut bait with and get something for them. I don't know if that's better than Alan Lazard and Geronimo Allison and Mercedes Lewis, but I don't know that there's anything out there that's worse than what they have, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at, I just got distracted right here from the XFL. The round one's done. The round one Ooh. skill player. Any more Packers go? Number one was Rashard Davis. Two was Connor Cook. Three, D'Angelo Yancey. Four, Jeff Badet. Bade it? Bidet? <laughs> Bidet. Number five is Nick Truesdell. Six, Christine Michaels. Seven, Trey Williams. And eight, Elijah Hood. Uh, so we have the quarterback and two. So we have three Packers already. In the XFL, so man. theoretically, the sixth pick in the XFL draft, Christine Michael, was a guy that couldn't learn the playbook in Green Bay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Different standards in the XFL, Nelly. 